We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday december 6 2022 everybody welcome to the pack a day podcast it is a victory tuesday version of this show of course it is the packers played the bears and three in my life i'm 31 years old i think i'm the youngest of the crew here there have been three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and the Green Bay Packers beating, well, maybe not quite a guarantee, but darn near one. Uh, my kids, both of them, I have a three-year-old and a two-month-old. Ross has kids roughly the same age. Neither one of them have ever, none of the four, have ever experienced a Packers loss to the Chicago Bears. So that is the situation we're in. Welcome to the show. I am joined, as I mentioned, by Ross Uglum. Uh, Ross, what is the status of the pants, which you said yesterday were removed? They're back on. You know, I think that's important. That's positive. For people to understand that I operated with pants on 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 a Monday. Mondays are busy, you know. Got to have pants. That's a good start. Um, Frankly, wouldn't have blamed you if you hadn't. Um, But, you know. It's a good thing that that you did. I think for the just to the point of common decency. He also joined us. Speaking of common decency and not really having it, is Jacob Morley. Jacob, fresh off of attempting to go full Jawan Howard and shock the world at a middle school girls basketball tournament. Yep, didn't quite shock the world. Layups are hard to make for a thirteen year old girls at times, but hey, we tried our best. Uh, but we failed you know, miserably. What's the lesson? Never try. <laughs> no, we did great. We did great. Uh, they make me look like a much smarter basketball person than I am. Uh, but speaking of winning, congratulations to us for rooting for the most winningest team of all, of, of all time ever in the sport of football. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Imagine living in a world where your favorite professional franchise is not the winningest one in the history of the NFL. I can't imagine – what that is like, and I'm sorry to the other 31 fan bases, uh, but that's the way that it is. To the victors go the spoils. Um, but that's that's enough of the jokes the Packers do. That is kind of a cool little storyline, and it is. It's not the game that we thought the Packers like. When you do this game, the season up, you're like, okay, Green Bay starts two and zero. Chicago starts zero and two. Green Bay passes the Bears at Lambeau Field. 
to overtake this uh, all-time lead in, in the NFL. And that, that didn't happen. The Packers lost week one. The Bears inexplicably. One of Chicago's three wins this year so far is against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, albeit in a monsoon, but still interesting that way. Um, so it didn't work out for Green Bay to pass them. Not the way that you would want to pass them, considering it was so close and the Packers are having a, a, a bad season and Chicago's season is much worse. Um, I think it was Bill Huber who said yesterday, Chicago is the worst team north of Houston, and it's pretty accurate. They're they're bad. They are not a good football team. The Packers handed in yesterday what I thought was like a C-minus type of game. Not, I don't want to say effort, but, yeah, it's a C-minus type of game. And they won by two possessions, albeit thanks to a two-point conversion. Uh, but we've gone over those games. We've done enough of that stuff. What I want to do today a little bit – I got to let you guys talk about Christian Watson again because that's become the brand for this show. But Brian Gutekunst spoke to the media today, and there were some nuggets about that, so we'll go over that. But first, Ross Uglum leading the seminar this offseason. Why I whiffed on my Christian Watson evaluation. You have the floor. I think we just saw more of, you know, what makes him different. Um, And not just different from MBS. I I hope that someday I'll be able to put that bad comp behind me and and, and speak about him as though he's his own football player and not have to dispel uh, that notion. But um, you you saw some really, I think, impressive stuff from him. Really, I think, you know, you see a ton of what makes Christian Watson Christian Watson on – the, the fly sweep touchdown, um, just what makes him like, you know, just such a unbelievable athlete and, you know, a guy that – like I, 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 I'm closer to believing the, the 4 to 8 number from his 40 in Indianapolis and not the adjusted four three six number. But really what impressed me the most was the touchdown. The, the receiving touchdown because that's that's football instincts. That's being a football player. That's being more than a linear athlete. That's being more than even like somebody who understands the playbook. That's just, okay, this didn't work. I have to make myself available to my quarterback, not only because it's fourth down, but because I just need to make a play. And that's what he did. And, and that's so – Beyond, you know, and, and obviously the deep inbreaker was they converted a first down was impressive. And, and he did a number of things in this game that were impressive. But if you just talk about differentiating himself and showing why he's a real football player, the touch, the receiving touchdown is the one to me. I mean, you can you can be a super duper athlete and have a bunch of things go your way and, you know, be very helpful to your football team. But how how are you going to affect the game as a real life number one receiver? That's that's what that looked like. Yeah, and the jet sweep was I was cackling because as soon as he took the handoff, I saw the corners break and kind of run into each other. And as soon as Watson got the edge, I was like, he's gone because with the direction of the rest of that play, there's no way that safety that was not one of Chicago starters, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, neither one of those guys played. If a backup sniffed that out, then God bless him. But there is no way I thought that was happening. So he scores the scramble drill stuff. That's cool. Um, you know, that, morally you could finish this topic and we could put a bow on it. 
yeah, I think Ross hits the nail on the head. Like that's the second reaction play on the touchdown is everything you else you'd want from him. Um, not only you know realizing that corners got inside leverage and working back to his quarterback, like he worked back to the ball as well. You watch the you know the the, the dot the dots football plays, and you see it as well as when you just watch it back on t on the on the tape or on the all twenty two. Him just working back to the quarterback, but also once the ball is in flight, him attacking that football in the air. Um, that's impressive stuff. That's stuff you want to see out of your wide receiver. And I think, you know, the fact that he's starting to do more of the real wide receiver things, that's what's really encouraging as well. And, and Jacob, I was critical of, uh, of, uh, of Rodgers kind of in this game being like, hey, get this kid the ball, like stop just trying to take shot plays with him. Like just get the ball in his hands, start hit, hitting the intermediate stuff with him. And it was funny. Cause as soon as I said that he started to do it, you know, and, and that's the next evolution of this guy's, this guy's game, because I hate to make the comp to like a Tyree kill uh, because I don't think he's there yet, but his speed is, you know, his, his, the type of speed that he has, you're going to start to see things open up for other players. Um, uh, because of his just raw, raw ability as just a runner and as someone that is just striking fear into defenses when he comes off the line of scrimmage. You're going to start seeing stuff more available in the middle of the field for other players. You're going to start to see him have a lot more space, like like that 13-yard comeback route that he came that he, on third and nine when he got 13 or 14 yards. That's the type of stuff that you're going to start seeing because defenses have to respect him as a vertical threat and they have to give him that cushion because if you don't and if you don't have someone over the top of him he's gonna hit his head on the goalpost and he's kind of proven that this year and he's he's proven the last four four weeks um i'm kind of at the point with him where it's fun to be it's fun to be right about guys it's fun to kind of have the receipts and that's stuff that i'll probably still always do because i'm salty like that but i'm just at the point where it's like man he's just good he's just good and I think anyone that would disagree with that right now is just really upset that he's good. And they're looking for reasons to try to discredit what he's done these last four weeks. Um, could he fall off a cliff and then just be like, oh, man, remember when Christian Watson had those four games with eight touchdowns? I was like, sure, I guess. But it's looking less and less likely by the minute, literally every minute he's on the field. So it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. It looks like Goody got a good one in Christian Watson. It looks like his 2022 draft class um, is going to maybe be his best one in Green Bay thus far. Uh, so that's that's good. That's exciting stuff uh, moving forward with the future of this team and kind of the young talent that um, is the young talent that's popping up on this team. Yeah, excited to see Watson and Dobbs out of the bye week here two weeks from now. The Packers have bye this week. They don't play on Sunday. Um Shout out to the football gods for the scheduling gods for doing that. It's my wife's birthday on Sunday, so I don't have to worry about anything like that. Um, not that I would anyways. But um, anyways, looking at today, Brian Gutekunst had a uh, press conference that started Matt LaFleur, and, and it was a topic that I thought we were done with, but apparently not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said yesterday after, uh, after the game, basically they asked him about like, whether Watson's development is something that could bring him back to want, make him want to come back to green Bay. And he talked about how he could have gone back to Cal and had Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. And he didn't, and he didn't regret that. But he also said something along the lines of like, there has to be mutual interest on both sides, which 
the people are saying that it is him saying, I want to be back. I'm not so sure they want me to be back, uh, which Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, or Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst both dispelled that notion today. Uh, when asked directly, they both said, yeah, absolutely. They'd want him back both times. But there was some interesting stuff. Um, you know, the reality of the situation is until once you're like in, especially with the modern, like the way we talk about things today, once you're in a trade discussion type thing, you're always going to be in it if you don't get traded. Like Damian Lillard comes up in trade rumors all the time in the NBA and he gets asked the same question all the time about why are you loyal to Portland? It's like we've heard that story 15 million times between now and and when it was first asked. So that's just the way that that's going to be. Uh, a few different things that were interesting. You know, Gutekunst says if the Packers are eliminated, uh, they're going to play who gives them the best chance to win whatever games are remaining. That, to me, says a couple things. Number one, you can stop talking about tanking because the Packers certainly aren't thinking that way. Teams in general aren't thinking that way. I also think it would be surprising if Jordan Love gets a start barring a significant setback to Aaron Rodgers on the injury front. Uh, if he re-breaks his thumb, if he you know, God forbid something else happens, then maybe Jordan Love starts. But I think that's part of that. Uh, the interesting one was we've talked a lot about the fifth-year option uh, on Jordan Love's contract. And they asked Gutekunst today, like, do you think he's a starting quarterback in this league? He said, yes, I do. Uh, and then they said – he also said it would be good for him to play more this season. But he's seen all he needs to see in terms of his making of his decision on a fifth-year option. Now, you can take that one of two ways. Uh, you could take that as he said, well, we made a significant commitment to Aaron Rodgers – uh, that was on our end, a big, you know, a big priority, very important for us to do, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Gutekunst also said throughout his press, we're like, we're fortunate to have two great quarterbacks and whatever comes with great quarterbacks is worth it and stuff like that. You could look at it as he sees the contract, he knows the deal. You're not giving, you know, $90 million, give or take, to one position uh, in 2024 based on what right now would be essentially what? 15 passes, you know, whatever it is he's had this particular season. Or you could take it as, no, I've seen enough in practice. I know the deal. I think this guy's a starter, which he did say flat out in the press conference. And I think picking up his option is going to be what they're going to do. I also did say that was an off-season conversation. So we'll see what happens on that. Ross, you've been pretty vocal. Uh, I think on this very show, not that long ago, said he doesn't deserve the fifth-year option, uh, which I agree with. There's nothing that we've seen to indicate and this is what we've seen, right? We're not in practice every day. But nothing we've seen says Jordan Love deserves a fifth-year option that's worth more than $20 million guaranteed. But what's your take on basically what Gutekunst said about that quarterback situation? I mean, my take remains the same. You know, uh, I think it might not matter whether he's worth it or not if, if they have the plan to do it. You know, um, $20 million is still – under value and under market value, if that makes sense for like a top 15. And I think if you're Brian Gutekunst and you're going to hit your wagon to this kid, like you do believe he's a top half QB in the NFL. You don't believe he's, you're not going to do this if you just believe he's one of the best 32 guys. Cause you know, you can't win a championship probably with guy, you know, 20 through 32. I think the Rams like, last year really tested the absolute limits of how good your quarterback has to be to win a title. The answer is Matt Stafford. So if your quarterback's not Matt Stafford or better, 
you're not going to go through with this. And that's where I believe they have to think that Jordan Love is, is he's a top 15, top 14, top 13 quarterback in the NFL. And at that level, $20 million is actually an underpay. Now, I would love, and, and I don't know why Jordan Love would ever do this, I would love to see them ink him to a long-term deal at a, at a cap number reflective of whether he's done in the league. And even one with not a lot of guarantees so the Packers could get out. And all that sounds a whole lot like something Jordan Love would have, should not have any real interest in signing. Um, so, so it's interesting. I mean, it, it because on on one hand, if he's a if he's an above average NFL starter, he is worth twenty million dollars. On the other hand, only they know. We don't know. We, I mean, we don't. We don't know. He he looked like Pat Mahomes for four, for one quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I it that he also you know put up ten points against the mediocre Chiefs defense a year ago. We we don't know, and uh, they are fixing to find out. I, I will say that. Well, we'll see if they. Uh, that that's my thing is we'll see if they find out because I think there's still a world we live in where the Packers don't pick up that option and kind of ride things out. Now, I think that's less likely today than I would have 12 hours ago because 12 hours ago, I didn't hear Brian Gutekunst say he thinks, one, that Jordan Love is a starting quarterback in the NFL. And number two, he used the words great quarterbacks. Now, some of that could just be GM speak. Brian Gutekunst is obviously tied to Jordan Love to some degree with everything like that. I just – the struggle that I have, I guess, is that by the time – if this timeline works out the way we're thinking it does, and which based on the conversations they had is Aaron Rodgers is going to play one more season in Green Bay, and then they're going to hand the keys to Jordan Love. So Jordan Love is going to have sat for four seasons, most likely by that time. And he may have one career start under his belt in four years. And then he's going to take over a team that is at minimum retooling at maximum rebuilding. He's going to have to – I mean, if this kid becomes a star, he's going to have really earned it just because I can't picture a scenario where that's going to become a a really good situation. Granted, I am not Russ Ball. I am not a cap expert. I don't pretend to be a cap expert. I don't even play one on TV. So maybe the Packers have some ideas about what it is that they want to do. You know, there is a path to thinking this team could be pretty damn good next year. If you just include Watson and Dobbs, we've kind of talked about the path to improving the offense, get a defensive coordinator in here that can actually make something out of the talent that is in the room, add some talent. They're going to have a top 20 pick at worst. I mean, Green Bay, I know they had a, I know they won yesterday. I know they're probably going to beat the Rams in a week, but they're still not making the playoffs. So that guarantees you a higher pick than normal. But well, I mean, I get what's your assessment of that entire situation. It's unprecedented. I think of nothing else. I can't imagine that there are many, if any quarterbacks that have sat. I think the closest we've come to that is Aaron Rodgers and Phillip rivers. And both of those guys, I think sat for three seasons and rivers was on a deal where that was under the old rookie scale where like those dudes were making buku bucks before they played a snap. So it's unprecedented, but what's your thought on that? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, it, I think your guys' tone has changed even in the last two weeks, right? From, hey, no way that's ever happening to, well, yeah, it's only nine. It is only nine passes, but yeah, he looked good. He looked good in those nine passes. And so, like, maybe they do have something in him. And I think what it boils down to is, like, I've always maintained, like, I would pick up that fifth year option for him, but I like him. And you know who else really likes him? The Packers. And I think that's just kind of what it boils down to. And they're going to look at it, you know, a lot of a lot of what you guys just talked about, you kind of throw that into a, a bag. And it's like Ross ha- makes a good point when he's saying, like, the timeline just has to work out. Like, if Rodgers wants to come back and play until f- he's 45, like Tom Brady, he's probably going to be doing it somewhere else. If the Packers really like Jordan Love, like they say they do. The other thing is – what if what if Rodgers comes out and plays again next year and is just again very average and decides to call it quits? At that point, you have Jordan Love on kind of a approve it type deal, twenty million, which is below average. And six weeks into the season, he's playing well. You give him the Rodgers extension. That's kind of the if everything works out well, like they want it to. But it's, it's, it's still a gamble, you know, it's still a little bit messy, but I think, you know, I just am in the camp of like, you do what it takes to have elite quarterback play in the NFL, because if you don't have it, you don't have much. And that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And that's why I think I'm willing to be like, Hey, you've got Rogers. He's been great, but like, we want to keep this train rolling for the next 15 years. We don't want to go through the wandering in the wilderness, like the saints are doing right now. Like, the Dolphins essentially did after Dan Marino. Like, I mean, name any any team that hasn't gone from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's really hard, really hard to find a quarterback in the National Football League. And I think that gets back to if you think you have something with Jordan Love, then you hold on to it for dear life until you absolutely positively know that you don't. And you see it all over the place. You see teams talking themselves into quarterbacks year in and year out. That's why certain guys continue to get starting jobs every year. That's why the Bears were going to have Justin Fields probably for six years and hope that he just develops. Hope he develops. Can he please? Uh, he, he's showing he's showing us signs of improvement. He's showing us signs of improvement. We got to keep rolling with this guy. Keep rolling with this guy. And that's just kind of how quarterback is in the NFL. Like if you have a pulse, if you can make some plays, you're going to be in the league for a long, long time. I mean, look at uh, like Geno Smith is a great example of this. And you know, props to Geno for playing at a damn near MVP level this year. But a guy that has always been talented, has never really gotten a shot, but has always just been a backup because like he can still play in this league. And 
it's just so, so impossibly hard to find good quarterback play that that's why I've never really had an issue with the Packers investing in uh, investing capital in the most important position in pro sports. And that's just kind of where I've always stood. That's kind of where I still stand today. And that's why I think, you know, you might go through some short-term pain uh, for long-term gain with Jordan Love. And the short-term pain would be having to roster him at $20 million if Aaron Rodgers still wants to play while Jordan Love is under contract. That's when things really get hairy. Um, but I think, you know, I just think they're going to, I just think they're going to pick it up. You listen to what Goody said today. I don't think it would be a shock if they didn't, it, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. He, Jordan Love could come out and get three starts this year and look like absolute dog crap. And maybe their tune changes, or he could come out and look like he did in that one quarter for games at a time. And then maybe their tune completely changes to, Hey, we just want to roll with this guy now. I don't know. Like I, I, and no one does. That's the thing, and that's what we're going to be. We're going to talk about this at nauseum. I, this will probably be one of the topics of the off season. Well, it absolutely will be. If you know, is Rogers coming back? What are they going to do with Rogers? Well, now they got Jordan Love. What do we? What do they do with him? None of us really know how this is going to play out. Um, we can go through these scenarios. The only people that kind of I, I would suppose have any type of idea of how this is going to play out is Aaron Rodgers, Gutenkunst, Matt Lafleur. Mark Murphy. Like those are the guys that I think at least have some idea of what the plan is moving forward. Well, I'll say this. I, I think that, you know, when you talk about the situation of if he plays and plays well with the Packers say like, Hey, we just want to go with this kid now. Um, I mean, never say never, but that's not a, that's not a situation I can envision. Uh, I think the Packers, everything the Packers have done since April of 2021 when the original Schefter story broke was basically bend over backwards to make sure Aaron Rodgers felt wanted, loved, welcomed, et cetera, to be their starting quarterback. He's here. Um, and I can't pick, unless Rodgers just says, I want to be traded. Like if they, and then they sell some story that says like, Hey, we mutually agreed this was in the best interest, but I think that's the way that it would have to go internally. Matt LaFleur was very definitive when he said, yeah, absolutely. I want him back. It wasn't like, it's not everything they say about Rogers about wanting him to play and be their quarterback and everything has been very, very definitive. And that's been true since the night of the report, like Ryan Gutekunst, we are not trading Aaron Rodgers. Like, very direct. There is no room to kind of find, like we're reading tea leaves with this Jordan Love fifth year option thing. There are no tea leaves to read. I don't think when you come to talking about whether Rodgers is going to be the quarterback, if he wants to be, uh, I think he would have to, again, say privately, hey, maybe it's time for us to move on. It's time for Jordan to play. I've had a great career here. I'm going to try and give it a shot with the New York Jets or something like that. Well, and that's, Jacob, that's, you know, last offseason they talked about after the Rodgers extension, like, okay, uh, so Jordan Love is probably available for trade or is probably available. And Goody kind of shot that down. I mean, he said he basically said, you know, you never say never, but we really like him. And but in, and in my opinion, guys, in my opinion, I think you have a team control issue, and that's that's why I wrote the thing for the Cheesehead TV draft guide about like you need to kind of poo or get off the pod. I mean, I, I would have traded Jordan Love, and and it, look, if he's good, that's all that's going to matter. Except even if you're talking about like my dream scenario, which is. You make a bet on Jordan Love, a bet that he actually will take. 
based on inside knowledge you have from seeing him practice that you feel like you have a leg up on the rest of the market. You sign him to three years, 45, four years, 50, something that is more money than he deserves based on what he's put on the field, but hilariously less money than a good starting quarterback would get in the open market. Now, why would Jordan Love do that? I don't know. And he probably wouldn't. And that's kind of why, you know, we've talked so much about building these rosters when you have the stud young quarterback on a rookie deal. Like the Packers just aren't going to get to do that probably. And and that that who's, is I guess, a little bit frustrating. Who's, who's, who's done that successfully in the last decade? With a young young rookie quarterback, Kansas City, Philly. I know, Hills, I know Kansas did. City did it once. Philly did it once, I guess. With I mean, their young quarterback got hurt. Rams, the Rams, like the, the Rams, the Rams. I mean, the Rams had to pay Stafford. Brady won the one before that. He was getting but the paid. Rams. The Rams are also in the Super Bowl with Jared Goff on a rookie contract. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl and were able to build that roster with Carson Wentz on his rookie contract. And Nick Foles found lightning in a bottle. The Eagles have done it again. With Jalen Hurts, like there's there's certainly some value to that. I just think that no, there is, but it's not, like it's not it's not like no, it's not a be all and all. Ultimately, like the Chiefs have played in the Super Bowl since Mahomes got his extension, I believe, uh, or they're very good every single year. I, I certainly right. know that the Packers have been very good every single year. Uh, the the big thing I will say, the Super Bowl with Joe Burrow on his rookie deal. Yeah, yeah, they weren't very good. Like so, that's wild, but. I think here's the other thing is the other thing when we're talking about reading tea leaves and, and versus not is Brian Gutekunst also said it is hard to envision a scenario where both quarterbacks are on the roster two years from then, which was right after the extension. So Aaron Rodgers is either going to play in 2024, that would be, and be the team starter, or it's going to be Jordan Love. But it's not going to be – they're not going to do the thing, Morley, like you said, where rostering him for $20 million and, and making him as the backup. That seems – uh, far-fetched, not impossible, I guess, but it, it seems far-fetched. So I'm curious to see that as one of the more fascinating scenarios and and fair or not, this is a scenario the Packers put themselves in by drafting Jordan Love and, and then Rodgers having the response that he did. And that is a conversation. I think it's been had once or twice. So we certainly don't need to do that. Uh, some other stuff from the Gutekunst presser today. Uh, he did talk about, somebody asked him like, I think it was Wilde asked him about, you know, keeping Devontae and how what that would have been like. And then Gutekunst kind of laughed and said, well, we wouldn't have had those players, which I knew he wasn't going to answer that question. Um, he was asked, like, what happens if you – somebody wants to trade for Jordan Love? He said, I'm not going to deal in hypotheticals. So, obviously, that was a kind of question he wasn't going to answer. It was complimentary of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. He did mention Samari Toure as well as somebody who's – flashed as far as the offense has gone. So I'm interested to see how he tries to build this offense because I still think they're one, maybe two guys short on that side <laughs> of the ball in terms of uh, weapons and stuff, but we'll see how that goes. Um, he did mention that the veterans that they had, they kind of liked what they had as far as bringing Cobb back, bringing Lazard back and Sammy Watkins, which is terrifying for a lot of different reasons. But the biggest thing I think was Schneidman asked him if uh, – the risk of keeping Bakhtiari next season at his salary and with the knee issues kind of talked about how like he woke up and all of a sudden couldn't play against Washington on that particular day. Uh, Gutekunst did say that will be an off-season conversation, but also said that left tackles don't grow on trees. And here's kind of my take on that. Zach Tom is fine. 
And I don't know if as a left tackle, he'll ever be much more than that. I don't think he can play guard in the NFL, not at a above average starter type level. He can do it in a pinch type thing like he has in the past, but adding functional strength, um, stuff like that is tough. I, I think that if you, if uh, Zach Tom has a position long-term as a starter on this team, it's at right tackle. And I think that's especially true now that Elton Jenkins is not going to be the right tackle. I think he's found his home at guard and, and will stay there forever and ever. But he's right, uh, Gutekunst, that is. With Bakhtiari, it's not a question of whether or not he can still play because when he does play, it's really good. He looks like David Bakhtiari, one of the best tackles in all of football. He's probably not the best tackle in football like he was in that conversation a few years ago, but he's still really good. Um You know, I think some people are going to connect the easy dots of, well, if 12's here, 69 is here. And if he's not, then they can cut him. I don't know if it's that simple. I mean, if Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback, don't you want him to be protected too? And I would rather have him protecting him than no disrespect to Yosh Nyman or Zach Tom, but I'd rather have David Bakhtiari by a significant margin than both of those guys. And that even includes with the injury concerns. And again, that's not shade at those two guys. It's just Bakhtiari is a, a really good player. And I feel like the injury... And the salary discussions get that thought lost in the shuffle that this guy is far and away their best left tackle on the roster. But Ross, they said it's an offseason conversation. What do you think about that conversation potentially taking place? Is it as simple as if 12's here, then so is he versus, you know, not? I, I don't know. Um, I I think it, it's it's complicated, but also simple in the sense of, he is – let me just make sure I say this correctly. He's 31, okay? You see Jason Peters, I think, who's 53, 54, 53, playing like meaningful yeah. tackle minutes for the for the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys. You can play tackle at a high level into years that are certainly beyond David Bakhtiari's age. What I'm getting at is he signed for a reasonable amount of money if he returns to form and gets past this appendicitis, whatever he had, gets past this knee injury. I think another year removed, and I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I don't even play one on TV, but I just think that if he can go and you get to next training camp and it's like, Okay, he's just another player that had an ACL repair. He's just just another guy that got hurt. Then he has the value of the number that you paid him. So I think he does stay around. I mean, I I have no issue theoretically. You look at his deal, it expires when he's 33. Fine. I'm cool. Like that's great. I a 33-year-old left tackle is not ancient. It's, he's not it, – it, it's fine. And, you know, maybe Zach Tom is the answer at that position moving forward. Maybe not. You, they, it, it doesn't seem like they have to use a top 60 pick to, to draft box replacement. So I'm, I'm fine if they cut him, I guess. I'm also fine if they let him play out his deal. He's not signed until he's 37. He signed until he's 33, and – if he can, you know, we've really seen, I think, 
obvious improvement from Elton Jenkins as he gets further and further removed from his surgery. And as Bakhtiari gets further and further removed from his surgery and returns to normal, his contract isn't a ridiculous use of resources. Yeah, and that's where, like, okay, so Morley, we're talking about there are three offensive linemen that are slated to be uh, either free agents or an off-season discussion. Uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Josh Nyman is a restricted free agent. Did I just prioritize them in the correct order, meaning keep Bakhtiari, keep Jenkins, keep Nyman, or would you flip that order? Or how would you kind of make – this is assuming the financials and everything work because, again, we don't have to – we don't have a spreadsheet in front of us or anything like that. Oh man, I think you know since since Yash is a is a restricted free agent, so they could they could slap a second round tender on him, and a team might be willing to pick that up. And I think the Packers would be very thrilled to be like, okay, we'll take a second for him. I would With, just because of what I just said about Zach Tom too is like yes, again, Yosh exactly. is and I think solid, but I think Zach Tom in year two is has a chance to basically be the same player, right? And I think that's the whole idea is. Okay, so then we're going to roll with Bakhtiari at left tackle and Zach Tom at right tackle and re-sign Elton Jenkins, who can play either of those spots in a pinch if you need him to. And I think that's that. I think that's kind of what I've resigned to with Elton Jenkins as well. And Elton, you know, I think the knee thing kind of just decided for us what he's going to be. And you look at guys across the league like your Zach Martins, your uh, Joe Tooney's, guys that are high high level guards. That can kick out and play tackle on a pinch if you absolutely need them to. And that's that's very valuable to have, but their best position is guard. And it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Elton because they wanted him to be the right tackle. Like it very much seemed like they really wanted him to be the right tackle. Brian Kudemans um, referred to them, him and Bakhtiari, as the two tackles. Like that was yeah. a explicit wording of the two tackles. Yeah, so there you go. And, and you know, it's, so it seems kind of like they had to divert from what they originally had planned and kind of kicked him back into guard, which which is fine. And I think with the emergence of Zach Tom at tackle, it's about getting your best five on the field. And I do think Zach Tom is uh, could develop into a very high-level tackle in this league. I don't know what I think of him as a guard. I think if they wanted to play him at center, he could be a really great center. Uh, but I think those are kind of the spots that he'll settle into. And, you know, it's it's not a bad spot to be in. And I, I made the joke the other day just because uh, I was in the DMs with some the, the, KC, the KC guys talking about Orlando Brown, who they who Kansas City traded a first-round draft pick for Orlando Brown, um, knowing he didn't have a contract. They franchised him last year, and now they're in a weird spot because he's really not that good. He's fine. Like, he's a fine left tackle, but he wants to get paid like a top-five left tackle, and they don't want to pay him that. And the joke just kind of was like, huh, you should just like kind of pay attention to who the Packers like at tackle and just draft those guys. Because it is one thing. You say what you want about Goody. um, Say what you want about Ted Thompson. Both those guys. Both of them were really good and are really good at at discovering and finding O-line, O-linemen in the draft. And they're great at developing them. And that that really is one thing that they can absolutely hang their hat on uh, as a team and as a scouting department. They just keep finding these guys, and they keep turning them out. I do wonder how – this is a completely different subject. I do wonder how much of that is 12, is the quarterback, and how much he helps them. But, you know, it they, they do a great job of getting these guys on the field and getting them ready to play. Uh, so I think 
you never want to underrate or undervalue the offensive line because I think we absolutely saw what that looks like this year when the offensive line does not play like you expect it to. When they kind of went through their offensive lulls, I think more than anything, that was because the offensive line really, they had some struggles. Bakhtiari not getting back. Elton Jenkins not looking like himself. Um, and then, you know, kind of losing your your two studs your two top guys will it has a trickle down effect and it's there's no no mistake that when they've had their preferred starters the last few weeks um aside from this week you know they play better and that's just kind of how it goes and i think you point to why the case for keeping david bakhtiari and i think you point to that right there and i, I agree with ross i think he's and I, and I think you too jacob i think he's just way too talented he's way too good when he's all on the field to not at least give him another year to see like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe the knee is always going to be a problem. And maybe that's something that they eventually want to just move away from because it is a week to week thing, but he still is one of the best. I think he's one of probably the best five left tackles in the NFL when he's on the field, not up there with Trent Williams anymore. Like I think a few years ago, you probably could have made that argument about who's better. Uh, that's not much of an argument anymore, but Bakhtiari is still a very, very good football player. And honestly, probably a borderline is that crazy to say that he could potentially be a borderline Hall of Fame player? I mean, he's what got what four All Pros under in, in his career. That's kind of starting to knock on that Hall of Fame type door. Um, that's the type of career he's had. And to, to Ross's point, Andrew Whitworth just started at left tackle for the Super Bowl champion Rams last season at forty years old. So these guys can go out there and they can do it for a while. Yeah, Bakhtiari is somebody that I think could certainly do that, I, albeit. The injury questions obviously are going to surround him, and it doesn't help that the appendectomy, that's a freak thing, uh, and people are going to be upset, annoyed with that because of his history, but whatever. Um, I do think it'll be interesting what they do this offseason on the offensive line because I do feel like they have uh, a lot of important decisions to make when you start talking about this team. You know, We're, we're talking about the quarterback so much. Um, Alan Lazard's a free agent. Randall Cobb is a free agent. Bakhtiari could be on the chopping block, so to speak. Elton Jenkins is a free agent. Aaron Jones is a guy whose contract needs to be addressed at some point because that is something that they're going to have to do. Then you look at the defensive side of the ball. You know, Ross has talked about um, being married to players on that side of the ball, and I think they certainly are, but there is some still retooling that needs to be done on that side of the ball as well. So I'm going to be interested to see how they do that, but that's an offseason conversation. The Packers won yesterday. That is a positive, and they have the greatest football player that has ever lived in Christian Watson to take the field. So that's a really good start for whoever the quarterback is. It could be me. I'm just going to hand the ball to Christian Watson on jet sweeps and see what happens. It worked yesterday, so why not? Uh, we're out of time for today's show. The Packers will be back. We'll talk next week uh, about anything that happens over the bye week. If they're playing uh, the Los Angeles Rams, maybe Baker Mayfield's the starting quarterback next Monday. Who knows? Um, it could certainly be something interesting if that were the case. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. A lot can change in, in two weeks time, but thankfully the Packers have a much needed bye week. Uh, maybe get another look, uh, another dopamine hit for another win because Green Bay should beat, beat the Rams. Um, I, I mean, they're not going to have their starting quarterback, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Like I just struggle to see, but you know what? Green Bay damn near found a way to lose to a really bad Chicago team yesterday too. So we'll see how that goes. You can follow the show at Pack a Day Podcast. You can follow Morley. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uggum. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. We will see you guys next week. Go after the bye week. Enjoy the bye week, everyone. Go.